We're pulling out the YM2151 again, but this time for the Sharp X68000. This is Pixelated Audio, episode 55, featuring Granada. Welcome to Pixelated Audio, a podcast focused on video game music and retro gaming. I'm James, and this is Brian. Yo. And we're going to be your hosts for, I don't know, the next hour or so. Yeah, we've got a lot of music today, so only you guys are going to know how long it turns out. Yeah, and it's very FM synth heavy. Well, like, half our shows are FM synth heavy, so, you know, that's not saying a whole lot. True, FM synth does happen to run in our veins, but today we're going to be exploring the soundtrack of Granada on the Sharp X68000. I'm excited because this is our first X68000 fully featured episode. Right. I have no idea why it took us so long, but I'm glad we're finally here cracking the whip on ourselves because it's an excellent system. The soundtrack is phenomenal. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of great music that came out on the system and had arcade perfect ports, tons of original music like the track that brought us in, which was the opening theme of Granada composed by Matoi Sakuraba. I, I thought that track is, it sets the show perfectly. Yeah. It's such a cool buildup. That first part in the beginning with the, the bass kind of rolling, uh, it's like two different channels uh, of bass and one starts out it's like da 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 and then the other one comes in but it's like offset I know I like that so too. it's I like that. yeah so it's like almost they're in two different time signatures and it sounds so awkward and like almost uncomfortable mm-hmm. but it it almost feels to me like like a boulder like rolling down a hill mm-hmm. and you just get this really kind of chaotic you know progressive moving sound I like it yeah and it definitely has that kind of like rock feel to the beginning and the uh the drums are really cool. I really, I mean, I love when like that kick drum comes in. And then this track, I really liked how it's consistently moving and it's always changing, but that melody is always weaved through. So it doesn't feel like sections of different songs, but you really don't know where it's going to go. And I really like that. It kind of keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Well, this plays during the opening cutscene. So mm-hmm. it kind of 
plays along with that. So if you're watching the cutscene, maybe we'll post a video on, on YouTube or something. Um, but as you're watching the cutscene, the music changes with the with actual visuals. So you get this really kind of cool storytelling aspect to the music as well. But all in all, the soundtrack is, is really awesome and it's composed by Matoi Sakuraba. And he also had some help with a few other tracks from Masaaki Uno and Yasunori Shiono. The, the same trio from Arcus 2, The Silent Symphony, which I played a track from in episode 50. Yeah. Which was an awesome track. It was an awesome track. I yeah. think I rated that one pretty high on my list. <laughs> Anyways, so Granada, it's a top-down tank shooter developed and published by Wolf Team in 1990 for the Sharp X68000. Now, the game was also ported to the Sega Genesis the same year in both North America and Japan. And it's largely the same game in terms of gameplay, but the X68000 version... I believe is the, well, I think everybody would believe is the far superior version in all aspects, especially the audio department. Yeah, and even though we're going to focus really heavily on the X68000 version with gameplay and story, etc., all that good stuff applies to the Genesis. So if you haven't played this game and it sparked your interest, there is a more accessible option for you, which is actually how I played through it. But you mostly played the X68000 side, right? Well, I kind of split it up. I played both. I played through the uh, the sharp version as much as I could, which is it's a little more difficult. Right. So uh, I switched over to the Genesis just to you know see how it compared. And uh, there is a big difference. Right. But uh, the Genesis version was a little bit easier, so I was able to make it quite a bit further in the game. And I, I thought it was... A, ton of fun uh, both versions either way you play it so if you ha if you have the sega genesis version you're not really missing out if you're really into vgm like us you you feel a little bit inadequate but uh yeah. otherwise and yeah. we're going to get into some of those differences but uh i mean it's it looks fun all around i really like the genesis version yeah. as well we're also going to talk about some of the sound hardware a bit later on too you know it's stuff we've talked about before i think a little bit but mm -hmm. there's also some new stuff as well so i think it should be a lot of fun and also educational yeah but first, let's get into the developer and publisher a little bit, because Wolf Team is pretty special. Uh, we've kind of briefly talked about them on previous episodes, so it's probably a good idea to keep the rundown a little bit short. Yeah, so I think it's mostly been on expansion packs, right? right? Yeah, I think we've only kind of just touched on them. Mm -hmm. So long story short, Wolf Team was a Japanese video game developer and publication studio founded in 1986 as a subsidiary of Telenet Japan. Then in 1987, they broke away and became an independent company for a few years, which apparently didn't work out because they folded back in with Telenet in 1990 mm -hmm. and pretty much continued that way. And so in 2003, Namco basically bought them out or bought majority of the shares uh, from Telenet and renamed the group Namco Tales Studio Limited. And most of the titles Wolf Team put out were on the X68000, PC98, Sega Genesis, and the Sega CD. And some of those titles are Arcus and the Zon series, Valise the Phantasm Soldier, Soul Feast, which is a very well-loved shooter on the Genesis and Sega CD. They did both Dino Land and Final Zone for the Genesis and X68000. We played a track from Dino Land yeah. in our pinball episode. Yeah, way back on the pinball one. Oh, man, that was so fun. Yeah. Uh, we well, need a pinball round, too, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's also El Viento on the Genesis, which has an amazing soundtrack. Time Girl, Devastator, Revenge of the Ninja, and Cobra Command, all for the Sega CD. And there were a few that I didn't mention, but it, I mean, it's a really good-sized list for a relatively small company over a few short years. Yeah. And all the games are really solid. Yeah, so Wolf Team was also responsible for Tales of Fantasia, but there was a lot of headbutting between the employees or the development team in Namco, so a lot of the staff left after the release and founded Triace, except for the lead composer, Matoi Sakuraba, who stuck around for a little while. 
And since he composed pretty much 95% of Granada, I think we can uh, get into some more music. Right. The track is titled Heavy Line, which plays during the first stage. You just heard Heavy Line, composed by Matoy Sakuraba for Granada on the Sharp X68000. That's a pretty sweet track. Yeah. No, I really liked it. I thought it was really rad. The synth in there is so piercing. It sounds like like lasers cutting through like a safe or something, yeah. like a metal <laughs> box. Uh, it's really cool, though. Sometimes it's a little bit too much in, in certain, not specifically this, this game, this right. soundtrack. But, um, you know, some Genesis music has some just really piercing high synth, and this almost it kind of teeters on the okay scale yeah but, uh, I, I do like it i think it's pretty it's pretty uh, intense yeah it pushes its limits but it's i mean it's really good it's really very synthy very awesome i like this it's very smooth i like the that kind of dangerous feel i remember when i first turned this game on i was just like oh my god i get to drive a tank to like this music and blow stuff up so yeah. that was that was really cool i also noticed that there was these single little like drum hits, tom toms, yeah, yeah. I like that on one side and it's like the, in stereo, <laughs> and I thought that was really cool. Like I wrote the same thing down because you get this like thunk, thunk, yeah, da dunk, and like left, right, left, right. It's yeah. it's so it's it's so obvious, you know, you can't miss that. It's it's a pretty cool little aspect I think that they threw in for this. All right, so the story of the game. Do you want to? Try to fumble your way through it. <laughs> so the game is set in the distant future of September 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few months away, man. Yeah, I guess all hell's going to break loose. So yeah. in the game, you play as Leon Toto, a mercenary who has come to Japan after being contacted by a female agent of the Private Enterprises Intelligence Department, or PED for short. She basically hands you a floppy disk with a job request on it. So I guess we're going to be going back to floppy disk later this year. It's inevitable, man. Yeah. Better medium. Yeah. He accepts the job and then travels to a place called Tabora. But while in Tabora, he finds a super mobile weapon. And it's funny because the game manual says that the weapon has been waiting peacefully as if expecting someone to wake it up. So Leon doesn't hesitate and he hops in. And once inside, the navigation computer says, hello, master. And then you take control of Granada. Hello, master. Yeah. I think it's a little less sinister than that. Well, you know, I try to give it a little drama. 
Even though it's a tank, I kind of expect a woman's voice. <laughs> Hello, master. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> anyway, Granada is a hypertech cannon tank, which uses shields and radar to create its defense, while its offensive power comes in the form of some of the most awesome array of weaponry ever assembled on a battlefield, which happens to be a direct quote from the game's manual. So it must be true. Yeah. So again, this game is a tank shooter where you control Granada from a bird's eye view while shooting enemies and weapon stations through a total of nine different levels. It's kind of like Konami's Jackal, if you've ever played that. Yeah, but unlike Jackal, you don't have a set path in this game. You have more levels that are roaming mazes. Yeah, and each level has a certain number of targets spread out over the map, and you have to take each one out in order to advance. And each level is also not a clone of the last one. Yeah, they're very different. They kind of mix it up. Each one just seems so much environmentally different than the last. Yeah, I mean, you're greeted with different enemies, and different hazards like lava geysers and boulders. Yeah, so each level feels refreshing. After you beat one level, it's a total change of, of pace for you. Yeah, and even though those levels are really big, to make it a little bit easier, you have a radar that helps you find all these different targets and then once all the targets are destroyed the radar will show you the location of the boss yeah so to get into the most awesome array of weaponry ever assembled on the (laughs) battlefield uh, man i love that quote yeah (laughs) Uh, granada has standard bullets yeah (laughs) (laughs) it has yeah well it has standard bullets and also has this powerful blaster weapon but you do have to be careful because that blaster weapon packs a really big kick it can actually push you off of ledges yeah so like in the uh, i think it's like the second stage when you're on this massive ship you're on these really tiny little catwalks. Mm-hmm. If you try to use your blaster in that area, you're just going to fall off the edge every single yeah, time. And it's it pretty would, hot. It would suck to get pushed backwards into like a lava pit too. You also have the ability to strafe by using the lock-on button, which can help you take out different enemies. Right. So when you're shooting and you're moving forward, the direction that you're facing, whatever mo- whatever direction you're moving, you're always shooting that direction. Right. When you hold down this lock-on key, it kind of focuses your, your tank in one direction and you can move the D-pad anywhere and that that tank around so it's very very useful yeah we ended up using that quite a bit because it's kind of hard to shoot enemies when you're running away from them when you're actually only able to shoot forward so this allows you to kind of shoot and go in reverse yeah there's also a few power-ups yeah so the game has different power-ups that extend your bullet range give you a scatter shot missile launcher explosives stuff like that which really helps out yeah i think that i collected a few of them but you know it's one of those things you you're playing there's so much like so frantic on the screen it that you, is, it's yeah. really hard to see what these different power-ups are actually doing for you uh your bullets never really make it that far because there's so many other enemies yeah. right around you yeah i remember when i was playing i said it was like fighting ants so they were just kept <laughs> showing up they were just were everywhere yeah so given these maze-like levels new threats and enemies per level you still have to watch out for the timer and this is like really critical right. to how you play the game uh, it keeps you in this constant rush for your life, I guess, trying to find the balance between being efficient and also being reckless. So it kind of gives you this question of, you know, should I waste time and hunt for power ups or just press on? The way I played was just one target to the next target. I didn't yeah. like even power ups I could see. I was just like, uh uh-uh, uh, just, yep. you know, you had that make- timer taken down. You- gives you a little bit of stress yeah and it is a maze so you got to find your way there but in case this kind of scares you there is four different difficulty modes in this game there's easy normal hard and the impossibly sounding mania mode yeah i only played on normal i would love to try mania i'm actually really into like you know beating myself down with difficulty (laughs) but uh i just wanted to see how far i could get so i played on normal yeah so in these different modes they affect the games in different ways and especially the genesis and the x68000 
3000. So for the Genesis, each of these different modes affects your health and the timer of each level. So you get like a little more time and you have yeah. a bigger health bar? Yeah, that's that's what I'm guessing. Okay. Um, and then for the 68,000, the difficulty only affects the enemies and the number of power-ups per level. So the timer, there's no way to adjust that and there's no way to adjust your health. So that's kind of leads to that game being a little bit more punishing, like you mentioned. Right. So a lot more bullets on the screen, a lot more enemies to uh, collide with and pretty much yeah, just no power up. So just have at it, have fun. Yeah. Anyways, let's get into our next track. Uh, finally, some more music. Yeah. This is from Stage Two, and the track is titled "Windy Avenue." That was Windy Avenue, composed by Motoi Sakuraba for Granada on the Sharp X68000. Man, what a good title Yeah, for that. Windy Avenue, this is like playing on a plane. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty windy. Yeah, like this giant floating aircraft carrier that has all these holes and stuff in it. But <laughs> yeah. It's a very uplifting track. It's I love like the the tempo that's like really kind of fast paced, especially compared to that first track we played that was a little bit more like heavy, menacing. Um, I think it goes well with the level and it's just very fun. I can think I kind of needed that change of pace after that first level. Right. I think the beginning part too is, is kind of like a little bit darker, a little bit more explosive. It comes in and it's just really like, I guess menacing, like you were saying. And, uh, then halfway in it switches over to this very triumphant mm -hmm. sounding it kind of this block of just like pure glory. I really like that about this track. Yeah, it's kind of like, how did the tank get on here? And then it's kind of scary. And you're like, wait a minute, you're killing everything. You're doing it. So yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. It was a really neat, neat level, neat track. I loved all the really soft, subtle things that were going on. Like there was some stereo panning and some really like subtle scales and trills kind of going on. And I mean, there was just a really nice use of variety and energy change within the song. Did you like the the bass on that? It's oh, like, yeah. Dig it on, dig it yeah. I like that. It was really cool. A little gallop in there. Yeah. It's pretty off the hook. Yeah. Anyways, let's take a break from the gameplay a bit and talk about the Sharp X68000 because like many of you guys, I didn't grow up with one. Right. 
actually, unless you were in Japan for the first few years it was sold, you probably didn't have one either. Yeah, so if you haven't heard or seen one, it's a home computer and it's kind of a gem. Created by Sharp as the successor to the X1 that was first introduced in 1987 and sold only in Japan until 1993. Yeah, in Japan it's known as the X Rokuman Hasen. And there were like 30-something models that came out different years, different periods, different configs, and they all slightly vary in hardware. The name comes from the Motorola 68000 CPU, which was in the first models clocked at 10 megahertz. There's also a lot of other features. So there's one to four megabytes of RAM that you could expand up to 12. There's separate VRAM for text, graphics, and sprites, and there's 16-bit RGB color depth. And most importantly to us on the audio side, it housed a YM2151, that glorious 8-channel FM synth sound chip that we talked about in our last episode for Sunset Riders. Yeah, I don't know how many times we've had that chip on the show, but it's it's definitely been a lot. Definitely had a lot of uh, appearances. Yeah, and it also has a sound chip for ADPCM called the Oki MSM6258, and it's also used in the PCFX. But this gives it a 4-bit mono channel at 22 kilohertz sample rate, running with software selected 4 to 8 megahertz. So for layman's like me, what Brian's saying here is the X68000 has two chips it uses for audio playback. <laughs> right. So one for FM synth and one for ADPCM. So uh, let's listen to the the chip by itself. And, you know, we're not going to do a full breakdown because there's only one channel. So, right. But I think it will give you a good idea of what it's doing as far as how, the, how it relates to the YM2151 on the soundtrack. So let's listen to, um, let's turn up the volume here. This is the, the track we just played uh, from stage two. And here's with both chips enabled. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to listen to it. Yeah, no, it's awesome to hear like what each chip is doing. Right. I mean, and you can see too that the Oki chip is really just handling the rhythm section. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's not really doing more than that. But it's relevant for this game. And I think it adds a lot to uh, adds a lot to the sound make it a little more whole. Because mm-hmm. the YM2151 by itself doesn't have the same sampling capabilities, right? So it's a little bit more dynamic with both chips combined. Yeah, I and mean, we've seen that before with other little add-on things or little little subset parts that really just make the tracks feel very full. An interesting use of channels always can really make for interesting music. Right, and all of this ran on top of a pretty cool little DOS-like operating system called Human 68K that also had a simple GUI which gave developers and composers a lot of flexibility and ease. Yeah, I think all this is kind of showing that the X68000 was kind of ahead of its time. Yeah, in in many cases, it had better hardware than a lot of arcade games. I mean, it even trumped the Amiga and the Atari ST as far as compatibility. And a lot of the components were just off-the-shelf computer parts. So it was fairly easy to upgrade certain things. But the problem was is that it had a limit. So Sharp wasn't putting out you know, each new year, you know, technology was increasing and improving. Sharp wasn't putting out enough uh, 
new upgrades for the system. And that kind of led to its demise around 93. It just couldn't keep up anymore. Right. But there's definitely a period where nothing could touch it. Yeah. I mean, hell, I read it was the dev machine for all the Capcom CPS games. Yeah. I and mean, it's nuts. So you can really see that this is an important part of gaming history. I mean, it also had an impressive number of pixel perfect arcade ports like Final Fight, Strider, Ghosts and Ghouls, and Street Fighter 2. I mean, there were so many exclusive titles too. Yeah. Even some of the ports on different systems or for different systems, when they made it over to the Sharp X68000, they just looked and sounded so much better. Yeah, so we'll definitely be hearing more X68000 stuff down the road now that we've dug into the system itself. And there's really a lot more to the hardware. There's different attachments and peripherals you can buy, but we'll save that for another show where maybe it's a little more relevant. Right. Yeah, but if you want to hear some more really excellent music from the system i highly urge you to check out episode 24 of pixel tunes radio it's one of my favorite episodes Mm -hmm. that they've done and they just play a lot of really um good music from the sharp x68000 they talk about it and uh just a fun episode overall yeah i totally agree that was a really fun episode but speaking of good music let's move on to our next track which is titled hopping express That was Hopping Express, which plays during Stage 3, composed by Motoi Sakuraba for Granada on the Sharp X68000. That's another cool little track. It's not as you know, long or dynamic as some of the ones we've played before, but it still kind of has that you know, higher energy, like not as menacing, kind of upbeat tempo, which I liked. I thought it was a cool track. There's a part where like, uh, like a trumpet kind of just whistles in your ear. It just mm-hmm. sounds so cool. This whole soundtrack, though, sounds like Electric Light Orchestra to me. Like, it could be one of their albums. Yeah. It just has that feeling. Yeah, I liked how it had, like, a simpler feeling to it, a little simpler display of the melody and all that stuff, not as many instruments. But it does have a part where it kind of takes you in a different direction, which I thought was nice. Great samples, awesome uh, composition, but it just kind of left you a little bit more at ease than some of the other tracks, I thought. Right. There's still a lot going on, too, with the track. Right. There's still a lot of little subtleties and... Um, Sakuraba, he's just a, a brilliant composer. So let's talk about him for a little bit. So Matoi Sakuraba is a really interesting guy. He's a Japanese composer of anime, television dramas, as well as video games. Plus, he puts out independent progressive rock albums. Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah, Have you I, heard any of his stuff? Uh, not any of the independent stuff, but I mean, I've heard some of his other music and throughout other games and stuff. That, yeah, I mean, we've talked about amazing. Him on, yeah, we've talked about him on the show several times already. Mm-hmm. But uh, I listened to some of his stuff on YouTube uh, 
a few weeks ago, and I, I thought it was it's pretty awesome. I I'll mean, have to check it out. He's got some chops. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So he got his start in music as the composer and keyboard player for the band Deja Vu, which their first album was called Broke in the Future and was released in 1988. And in 1989, he began working as the main composer for Wolf Team. Yeah. Some of his early games are Arcus 2, Arcus 3, Crystal Chaser, uh, Final Zone, Soul Feast, Zangir, Hotshots Golf. We both love that game. Love that game. Shining Force 3, and I love that game. Uh, he did scenarios 1, 2, and 3 for that. Some of his later games are Fantasy Star Nova for the Vita. He did Valhalla Knights 3. Uh, there was Mario Golf World Tour for the 3DS, right. which it's a f- really fun game. I yeah. need to go back and play it's that some more. It's kind of Hotshots Golf-like. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. It's still Camelot-style yeah. game, right? And he also did Dark Souls 1 and 2, and then he did the PC Dark Souls Prepare to Die edition, as well as a bunch of other games like the Tale series, Golden Sun, Star Ocean franchise, and the Valkyrie Profile games. Yeah, I mean, he's been composing for a long time. That's why we kind of wanted to break it up as early games and later games, because he's still doing music for games. There's a lot more that he's done that's not on this list, obviously, but he is uh, he's a master composer. He's just a really... He's got chops. He knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be hearing a lot more from him in future episodes as well. Yeah. So right now, let's get into our next track, and it's titled Marching Way for Granada on the Sharp X68000. That was The Marching Way for Stage 4, composed by Matoy Sakuraba for Granada. Awesome track. So intense and fast-paced. Yeah, I loved that, it. That bass, man, is so cool. Yeah. So punchy. I love it. Well, it's a very uh, percussion-heavy and bass-heavy track, which I really liked. I mean, there was so much energy. Everything was just going crazy. I mean, there was almost like hardly any seconds without a drum hit, which was really intense. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, I like the uh, that organ, that, that soloist. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what instrument that was. Yeah, it's, kind it's of... hard to tell when all these samples. It's like a yeah. mixture. <laughs> right. It's just, I don't know. But I, I really liked it. It was all over the place. It had that really um, kind of jazzy organ kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the track, I don't know. This track speaks to me. I like it. Yeah. No, I could see this as like a, imagining all these like pixel people at like an, um, like a, rock show or something like that and there's like yeah awesome <laughs> and you can see like just them just jamming away i can really imagine like like a drum player just like his hair his pixel hair flying all over the place <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool now um let's get into our next track actually this is from stage five it's called nature trail and it's composed by matoi sakuraba masaaki uno and yasunori shiono mm-hmm. 
You just took a trip down the nature trail, which plays in stage five. <laughs> Dude, that's so cheesy. <laughs> Continue, please. I couldn't help it. It was composed by Matoi Sakuraba, Masaaki Uno, and Yasunori Shiono. That's a really cool track. I like this one a lot. It mm -hmm. has that march to it the whole time. And uh, this plays when you're, it's like a mountain level. Yeah. And so uh, it does kind of feel like you're going through this. Well, it doesn't really feel like you're going through a marching, I don't know. Maybe like a hiking trail or something. Yeah. <laughs> you're marching while you hike. Yeah. Uh, to me, it felt like it has almost like a credits or like a end cutscene type feel. Like it, it does. feels kind of like heroic. Like, maybe some of the dangers over and I did it and they're kind of showing you what happened because there's not really much story throughout the game. It's That's kind of like the, the opening um, title okay. screen kind of shows you some of the story and then I'm guessing towards the end there's some stuff but right. I thought it was really great. Um, there's a sound in it where the uh, like this crash and it sounded to me like like shopping carts kind of like hitting. I thought it was pretty <laughs> cool. It was neat and it just kept going on and on. I was like oh this is really pretty cool. I, I did like the, the rhythm section in this too. I thought the the uh, aside from just the march aspect of mm -hmm. it, the crash, the symbols, all that was just really clean. It made the track feel a little bit more live. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I had a lot of fun with this track. I thought it, you know, they got these three guys together composing. Finally, this is the first track we played with all three mm -hmm. uh, working on it, and uh, you can really see that they put a lot of. Uh, attention to different you know minor you know nuances in, mm. in the track with different instruments so the other two guys we haven't talked about Masaaki Uno and Yasunori Shiono yet Masaaki Uno is responsible for Soul Feast on the Genesis Sega CD and the X68000 he also did El Viento for the Genesis we talked about earlier mm -hmm. and uh, Arcus Odyssey that came out on a few different platforms He's also responsible for composing Mario Tennis for the Game Boy Color, Golden Sun, The Lost Age for GBA, and Mario Golf Toadstool Tour for the GameCube. Yeah, some pretty cool titles. And for Yasunori Shiono, we have Chaos Seed for SNES and Saturn, Lufia and the Fortress of Doom for SNES, Lufia 2, Rise of the Sinistrals for SNES, Lufia... Curse of the Sinistrals for GBA and Energy Breakers for SNES. Yeah, these guys have a really impressive track record too for right. composition. And we see a lot of stuff that they've done with um, Motoi Sakuraba, like in you know conjunction. Like they kind of were like a trio, I think, for mm -hmm. a lot of games, a lot of Wolf Team stuff. And these guys are just they they all are excellent composers, and they all have had different stuff. Like I think Masaaki Uno, we had a track from him in our last or in episode 50 actually and we talked about him a little bit more mm -hmm. he had a, a big role for wolf team and did a lot of stuff with them and uh also just excellent composer yasunori shiono has done a lot of other stuff i think we've we might not have done a solo track i'm not sure from him but uh yeah these guys together they just create this you know come together with their powers combined they create captain composer <laughs> yeah it's really cool anyways let's get into our next track this is called mountain path and this plays during stage six.
You just heard Mountain Path from Stage 6, composed by Matoy Sakuraba for Granada on the Sharp X68000. Man, I love this track it's so much. Very cool one. Yeah. This is like my favorite track. Yeah. It's, it's so good. <laughs> like a lot of different solos, really awesome groove, kind of jazzy and kind of funky at the mm -hmm. same time. Oh, man. Off the rails. Yeah, very synthy. I thought that the beginning part and that, that melody that kind of shows up throughout it had like a very Genesis quality to it, to the synth. It's very kind of crunchy and, and like strong, like very, not, not very um, like echoey or anything like that, which I thought was really cool. Uh, I love that second half of the track. Like oh, it's yeah. So like it's less synthy and it's more like like mellow and or a moody kind of. Almost and, like a harp. Like, yeah. Or organ, like a very light organ. I, where does that, I mean, that solo at the end there, man, just yeah. off the rails. Yeah, it's so super good. cool. It's so good. Do you want to do you want to listen to that just yeah. by itself? All right, hold on. Let's uh, let's backtrack here a little bit. Um, this is the first two channels, I think. So let's take a listen. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's doing a lot of work. That, oh my god! It's uh, really noticeable in that track too. That's one thing I really liked was that instrument. Yeah, it's. I I think it's like approximating like a, an organ, electric guitar, a guitar. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> guitar. Really cool. Really cool track though. Yeah, but back over to the X68000 hardware for a sec. To demonstrate the extensibility just in the audio department, owners could attach several different MIDI synthesizers to the machine for audio playback, such as the Roland MT32, the CM64, and the SC55. You can also attach like the Yamaha devices, like the TG100, and also some later compatible MIDI modules. Yeah, so a good number of games would actually have both the FM synth version of the music and an enhanced MIDI version. Yeah, so Granada is one of these examples that had specific instructions for the Roland MT32. And we've had some MIDI on the show before, but we're both more like FM synth kind of guys, so right. we tend to go with that. However, there's some cases where it sounds really, really clean, really good. Yeah, the original MT32 had a preset library of 128 synth and 30 rhythm sounds played over eight channels and one rhythm channel. Yeah, it also features digital reverberation, which gives it this really open like music hall kind of effect right yeah the mt32 was a big deal at the time even though it was really pricey it was the de facto consumer midi module for computer gaming and is using a ton of games on the msx pc98 atari st amiga and some ibm pcs yeah sierra was a huge investor they i think the the first you know mt32 game was king's quest or something like that featured a whole soundtrack mm -hmm. using the MT32. They were all in on it. They right, thought right. they're like, "Oh my god, this is then this is like the next generation of, you know, computer music." So, we're going to put all of our cards on on this. Mm -hmm. But um it definitely has too many games to list here, you know. Of there's, there's so many. If you check Wikipedia or something on MT32 compatible games, you'll find just hundreds of of different titles. Anyways, to opt in to MIDI playback in Granada, you have to boot the game while holding down the Todoroku key. And this, what this will do is this switches the driver over from the default FM. So our next track is titled Take a Chance, which plays during stage 7, and this is using the MT32.
You just heard Take a Chance from Stage 7, composed by Matoy Sakuraba for Granada on the X68000 using the MT32 MIDI module. It really goes to show like how much that reverb can create that great hall effect. Mm -hmm. Makes it sound really uh, like almost you're, you're sitting in this live, you know, symphonic. You're watching the symphony play or something. It yeah, sounds really awesome. Yeah, that was one of the first things that I noticed was that it has that very much hall sound, like you had said, and that digital reverb is really making a huge difference and making it sound much smoother and kind of realistic and not so much like chiptune sounding like right. what we've heard before. And it's it's kind of neat to see. Like it adds this layer of kind of heroic feelings like it's like wow right. real instruments or you know realish instruments are using the music right. for this game which is the, pretty cool the delay i think or not the delay so much but the um decay for the midi module they trail out so mm -hmm. it creates this it creates even more layers on top of the reverb i think and it makes it just kind of extend beyond right. that and it almost has a little bit of a muddiness to it but it it's still very clear. It, yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to explain that. Well, yeah, it kind of softens those edges, whereas like what we were hearing before is very hard edge. You'd hear like a drum hit, and yeah. it, it, you hear it, and it's over, whereas like now it's kind of trailing in, so then all the edges of, of all the notes are kind of softened, and it gives you that very smooth sound to everything. Like you're not getting like those really heavy, hard hits right. like what we were hearing before. So, yeah, you can have like a decay that goes that extends over like five seconds, and it mm -hmm. still sounds very clean. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about the graphics a little bit. There are some differences between the Sharp X68000 version and the Genesis version, but uh, this game is just super clean. Yeah. It looks really good. Either way you play it. Yeah, it's a beautiful game no matter which way you play it. And like I said, I played the Genesis version while preparing for this episode. Lots of great color. Everything was easy to see what was going on. Nice textures and patterns and stuff like that. Um, so nothing really stood out that it was bad. But then when I saw the X68000 version... I was like, oh, wow, this is like a really good game. And I mean, the Genesis, we, we all know and love the look of the Genesis. It has great looking games, but the X68000 just like knocked it out of the park. It was just such a beautiful game. Yeah, a big, uh, a big difference when we were kind of looking is the difference between stage two on the Genesis mm -hmm. and then the X68000. The clouds just feel so much like fluffier on, you know, on the sharp system. Yeah. Well, the nice thing is the... The Genesis version looked cool. You could kind of tell you're on something floating above the ground. The the clouds were a little more sparse. I don't know if maybe the Genesis couldn't handle like such a full load of clouds. Right. But the on the Sharp X68000, I mean, you really feel like you're above the clouds. The textures are a lot more subtle, which adds to like a little bit more realism, I think. Whereas on the Genesis, the textures are a lot more apparent, uh, which kind of makes you feel like you're lower to the ground. But I mean, like I said, it's it's a beautiful game either way you play it. It's just if you have a chance to check out or even look at a playthrough of the X68000, it's a really beautiful game. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. this would fit perfectly in the arcade if you had like a joystick, three buttons. I could see this working out beautifully. Yeah. And for me, I don't really have much background with the X68000. I know it didn't come here, but I haven't really played a lot through emulation or really looked up a lot of stuff with the X68000. It's basically when we're sitting down together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and now that with doing this podcast, doing a lot more exploring of systems I've never heard of or never got to play. And I was really like, kind of overwhelmed by the beauty of this. I thought the X60,000 would just be kind of an ugly little machine and like make stuff that wasn't really important enough to get out of Japan. But it was a really beautiful system. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so funny because, you know, a long time ago, this is like early 2000s. I remember going into game stores and seeing like X68,000 sitting on shelves and mm -hmm. nobody was really, you know, they were going for 
few hundred dollars maybe. And I was like, ah, it's kind of heavy, you know. Right, right. What am I ever going to do with one? I kick myself now. Of course. Because if you want to buy one, you can't find them at any video game shops in Japan. They're virtually non-existent. And uh, if you want to get one, you have to go to like a Japanese auction and they're going for like 600 to a yeah. thousand, 2000 for some of the high end models. Yeah. Um, and then imagine shipping it to the U S so I think like every yeah. time I'm there, I'm like, Oh, maybe I can find a cheap one, send it over to my in-laws and then just take it back with me, truck it back to America. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you see that with a lot of these like computer based systems, like they're not cheap. Like they may have been cheap at one point, but now they are definitely hundreds of dollars. I mean, we've seen stuff that we've kind of stumbled across it on like Craigslist or something. And somebody's like, I don't really know what I have. And you're like, I want to snag it. And it's gone. It's like, gone lightning instantly. fast. Yeah. But this, this game is like one of those titles that I think would be a fun one to own. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like I said, it's really pretty. It has that really cool arcade feel. I like shooters a lot. Of course, and even yeah. though this is kind of a, a skew on your classic shooter, you know, like your Gradius R type and stuff like that, it does have a, a ton of replayability. I oh, think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the bosses are actually really interesting in this game too. They're yeah. massive. So we mentioned there's these maze-like levels, which definitely breaks up that shooter type feel. But what happens is you can run away from the boss and he will follow you throughout yeah. the level so you can kind of like almost set up like traps for him to where like you're gonna make him follow you in a certain direction you got a good bead on him which is which is really neat yeah. i mean it's a really interesting game if you want to pick up the genesis version it's not exactly cheap i mean it's definitely not as expensive as the x68000 what, what was that like 50, it was like like 40? 30 to 50 dollars for a game that I, not a lot of people that i know of have really heard of or played so right. it's pretty interesting to see that it goes for that high. Yeah. Anyways, let's play two more tracks. We'll start with Clap, which is the boss music from stage one to four. And this is composed by Motoi Sakuraba. And this is also using the MT32 again for MIDI playback. <laughs> You just heard Clap, composed by Matoi Sakuraba for Granada on the Sharp X68000 using the Roland MT32. This track was really chaotic. Yeah, very chaotic. It reminded me of like Fantasia or something like that. Like, I was like thinking Phantom of the Opera yeah. Sharp X68000. I don't know. This is a cool track though. Like if you really, really listen carefully, you can hear that there's so much actually kind of going on under the chaos. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different instruments and little tiny horns and trumpets kind of you know squeaking at you here and there but uh 
that chaotic part, man. It's kind of, kind of yeah, drives it, on me. It really works for a, a boss fight in a different way than a lot of boss music that we've listened to. I mean, a lot of times the boss music in episodes that we've played tends to be kind of like, it's all right. It's cool. It gives you that kind of stress feeling. This feels very dangerous. It reminds me of like a nightmare sequence in like a movie or a play or something like that. It gives you kind of this feeling like, you're overwhelmed and things are not going well and they just continue to get worse and yeah. probably and those, adds with that reverb too yeah and then those like drum crashes just feel like it's new enemies popping up or stuff like that i mean it's it's really a very intense track that i think just works perfectly for a boss fight yeah i feel like we were kind of debating do we want to play the mt32 version or we do we want to play the fm version mm-hmm. and we thought oh, well, let's kick in another uh, rolling track so yeah. you can get a little bit of a better idea of the hardware. Yeah, and one thing that I did like about this track too is, like we mentioned earlier, that the bosses will follow you around, so it's almost kind of gives you that like horror movie feel, like you're running from yeah. you know Jason or something like that, and you think you're clear, and then he shows up again, and right. you're like, what? And then you, know, you get those drum crashes that make you feel like, he's on my tail. Right. So, um, but anyway, let's get into our next track, which takes place in the boss stages 5 through 8, and the track is called Tap. That was Tap, which is the boss music from stages 5 through 8, composed by Matoi Sakuraba for Granada on the Sharp X68000. And this is using the YM2151 again. Yeah, so you can definitely tell the difference between the two tracks and the way that they sound. This is back to that very, you know, synthy, like hard-edged sound, which I, I really like this track. I thought oh, it was cool. I, I'm more of a fan of the FM synth. So Of course, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, this track I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. I thought it was totally cool. Yeah. I think that there's so much going on. Man, that rhythm section. Off the hook. Do you want to listen to that by itself? Oh, yeah. I think it's just the Oki chip. So hold on. Let's let's play that real quick. Uh, so here's the track. And uh, here's just the, the rhythm section. very chaotic track but then you realize it's very precise yeah i just thought that rhythm section was so cool yeah i think the whole soundtrack just has amazing i mean sakuraba he just has rhythm down he has it nailed and mm-hmm. you can hear like he does some really kind of experimental things with the uh the drums pretty awesome anyways let's just keep the ball rolling and move into our next track this is called bumpy road and it's from stage eight
You just heard Bumpy Road from Granada on the Sharp X68000. This is a pretty intense track, too. It's mm-hmm. got that really cool bass again. And uh, you were saying, like, when we were listening to it, that a lot of a lot of songs in the soundtrack have a very similar feel. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think you nailed it because they, they continue the same, I want to say the same kind of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You get, like, the differences when you're playing boss and stuff. That's expected, but... I think you're right. A lot of the uh, a lot of the tracks, a lot of the stages have a very straight kind of view of, of how it's going to be played out. Yeah, I think. I mean, you're using a lot of the same samples and stuff like that. And then Sakuraba has uh, you know a style that he that you know maybe a little bit more of a signature that he wanted to put on this game, which I I like. I do like when soundtracks have a, a cohesive feel. This one has some tempo changes and you know adds a little bit more, or takes away from drama here and there. But overall, I feel like a lot of the tracks are very similar. This one had a little bit of a different feel because it felt a little bit more jerky, like start and stop, until it gets into that more heavy part, um, which I liked. It was kind of it was interesting, but listening to this track on its own for me is a little bit hard because of that kind of start and stop kind of feel to it, where right. the drums and everything kind of work on their own and they kind of are, feel a little bit more independent of each other. Yeah, I definitely say that the uh, some of the first um, stage music, like stage one and two, were a lot more, um, I guess. Not necessarily enjoyable to listen to, but more of like the style of what I like yeah, in, yeah. in FM synth. But uh, let's move over to our next track. What do we got? The next track is going to be called Smashing Street from Stage 9. It's the final stage, too. Yeah. Let's check it out. That was Smashing Street from Stage 9, composed by Matoy Sakuraba for Granada on the Sharp X68000. Pretty awesome, huh? Yeah, it's another one of those up-tempo, kind of heroic. A lot of a lot of energy. I mean, this whole soundtrack is just a complete adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a lot of fun to listen to if you're in the mood for like something that's really chaotic. And when I'm playing the game and I'm listening to the music, it really does pump me up. Mm-hmm. It gets me in that right mindset. Oh, yeah, and I definitely think that the, the drums, the way that they're done in this, throughout the entire soundtrack really helped. Like even though this one's not as drum and bass heavy as the previous track we just played, like the way that he uses the drums and kind of sets them up is very similar with like those really hard like single hits and then it has those like machine gun like 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 hits yeah, like all over yeah, the yeah. place and it that really even though this track is kind of up tempo and not as hardcore heavy, like it still really boosts you up and gets you really going and 
one of the things that I've really loved about this soundtrack is his use of stereo panning. Like it's the way that when you least expect it, you'll hear something like, oh, wow. Yeah. And the way that I noticed it a lot is that when I listen to this soundtrack and a lot of soundtracks when I'm at work is that I have my headphones on, but I, I leave one ear uncovered because people come in and out of my office and it's just easier to just be able to hear them without taking my headphones off. So whenever there's that part, I can still kind of hear a little bit in the other ear because it's right behind my ear. So I can tell that there's definitely some stereo panning going on. So, right. um, which is, it was interesting. And this one, like I said, was just a really cool use of it all, all across most of the tracks. Yeah, we've already heard like pretty much the entire album at this point, the mm-hmm. entire soundtrack at this point. But uh, one thing that you, you can really hear again in this track too is the scales. And he uses them throughout the mm-hmm. entire game. It's almost like traveling through time, like a time machine, like, you know, yeah, and yeah. like he, he'll just use those in random spots. Well, it's not random, but he'll use those in very, I guess, good transitional mm-hmm. spots. And I really like that about his composition style. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we, as of right now, Granada has not appeared outside of the X68000 Sega Genesis at right. all. No virtual consoles or, yeah. you know, remake classics or stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's kind of sad. It's a really fun game. Yeah. And it has a pretty... I think a pretty good little following. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that love this game that just adore it. And I, I think that me and you have fallen to that, that side as well. Yeah. It's, it's an awesome game. Yeah. It's definitely a, a game that I'd never heard of that. I definitely have kind of fallen in love with a little bit and I might be willing to pay that 30 to $50 price range to have a cartridge in my copy. Just pony up the thousand dollars for the, the sharp version <laughs> and just, you know, have that set over. Maybe here. once I win the lottery. Yeah. Well, it's never going to happen. So let's just, <laughs> Let's do it together. Let's do a joint effort. Yeah. Anyways, so we're going to move on to our last track. We're actually going to be looking at the Roland MT32 version again. This is Goodbye, which is the ending theme from Granada, composed by Matoy Sakuraba.
Wow, right? <laughs> you just heard Goodbye, the ending theme of Granada composed by Matoy Sakuraba on the Sharp X68000 using the Roland MT32. It almost has too much reverb. I probably should turn that down a little bit. <laughs> it's it's just so, uh, it kind of has this like ominous hum throughout the track, uh-huh. but I, I love that. I think it, you know, has that kind of eerie, like, but happy, almost I don't know. It's this is like a, like could be a wedding song. Yeah. Yeah. For your wedding, maybe we'll just play this song. Well, I, I had a different feel of like the tone of this song. <laughs> I got a very uh, like heartbreak, like uh, you know, like a lot of games with the ending music. It'll be like, oh, you're the best. Like you're awesome. Five gold stars. Like you <laughs> yeah. did it. And then this one was just like you. F- like it would have made me feel so sad that it was over. Yeah. <laughs> like when it started out, I expected this like. 90s R&B singer to start to come out like about <laughs> singing about like heartbreak like Tony Braxton or something and the voice of men man they yeah could've, they could have done a voiceover and it was just like oh man like I felt like so much like emotion in that and then there's that one part where those the drum hits and then it just goes off and I was just like wow like it's kind of like sad but then it's like telling you remember like you fought really hard and you made it so I was thinking that like if like I ever die, like I want you to like play, <laughs> this, play this or like, like, oh man, this is really sad. But remember, like James worked really hard and like he he did stuff in yeah. his life. <laughs> <laughs> James did stuff. Now, uh, what I liked about this track too is a lot of the music that we've heard so far uses that really crunchy kind of like electric bass. Mm-hmm. Where this track using the the Roland kind of substitutes that out for this more kind of soft uh, like stand up fretless bass. Mm-hmm. And so the bass you know, line that we're getting is just a lot more smooth. It's a lot more mellow. And I think mm-hmm. that's why you, you're saying it sounds a lot more, I, I guess, dramatic and sad. Yeah. Uh, because it has that kind of like droopy, like, boo, and yeah. it you know, drops down. It takes a lot of time in between notes and really kind of like just takes its time in general. Yeah. But see, for me, I see that as like a very happy thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel just, it's almost like this aura around me. Like when I'm, when I'm listening, it feels just, I don't know, stellar. Yeah. Well, I love like sad music. I'm yeah. a, I'm a, sucker for like pain and (laughs) like heartbreak i guess yeah so this was just an awesome track and i think it was a great way to end out the show so today we covered granada on the sharp x68000 we talked about the sega genesis version a little bit Mm -hmm. uh composed by matoi sakuraba with some help on a few tracks by masaaki uno and yasunori shiono if you want to know more about the show you can always check us out online at pixelatedaudio.com for show notes and track lists. And we can also be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Pixelated Audio. Really love hearing from you guys. And if you got a few minutes to spare, please leave us a review on iTunes. And we got a few international reviews this time around, right? Yeah, we have one from Norway, from Ingvid AFJ. Uh, uh, just sounds like it was mashed on the keyboard there. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for your review. Loved reading your comment. We also have one from Japan, but I can't read it, so Brian's <laughs> going to have to take over that yeah, one. Yeah, it's Tony Kaku 79 and uh, yeah, he just had some really nice stuff to say, so I appreciate the feedback. Anytime you guys want to log in and you know give us a rating and review, uh, we'll definitely give you a shout out on the show because it's important to us, yeah. and it, it means a lot when we see them come in. Yeah, we don't ask for money or anything like that to keep the show going, so this is the best way you can kind of boost our spirits and keep us energized to keep making more episodes because it just shows that you like what we're doing and you want to hear more yeah also want to give a shout out to g the guardian from bgm rips he did the the rip of the granada ost and so shouts to him if you guys want to listen to really high quality music bgmrips.net is the place to go uh tons of different packs there really high quality you can rate stuff add stuff to your collection download it right there uh, it's a lot of a lot of good music on yeah, that website. More look music than you can listen to in several days. Also, uh, some of our past episodes, if you guys want to listen to them, I mean, 
I don't know. We got we have a bunch. Yeah. I mean, we just did one on Sunset Riders, like we mentioned earlier. Great, great music. Right. We had Jim Power with Chris Hulesback on as a guest, which was a very excellent episode. We were just so overwhelmed to have him on the show. Yeah. Uh, had a great time. And then if you want to hear some more great FM synth, check out our PC98 Ground Seat episode. Yeah, that was a blast. I yeah. still you know loved i love going back to that soundtrack it's Mm -hmm. so awesome anyways thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you in a few weeks for our next episode